Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. If our thinking is right along these lines, our believing will be right. Or if our thinking is not right and is wrong, then our believing will be wrong. Then when our believing is wrong, our talking will be wrong, and we will be confused and defeated. We need to realize what the Word of God can do through our lips because the Holy Ghost is sent to help us. He is our helper. Too much of the time we just get blessed in church and pray, Lord, send the people in. Lord, you get out and save the people. The truth of the matter is, that is our responsibility. You're listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagen. Today we continue the series, Right and Wrong Thinking by Kenneth E. Hagen. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagen's message. Some people said, let the Holy Spirit do it. Let the Holy Ghost do it. Has been a cry uh, of many. The Holy Ghost was not sent to do it. The Greek word translated comforter in the King James translation is also translated helper. You know, another translation said, I will not leave thee helpless. I will come to you. I will send you another helper. And so the Greek word paraclete, that's translated comforter, means one called alongside to help. God did not send the Holy Ghost to us to do the job. He sent him to help us do the job. Too much of the time, the Holy Ghost is left to do it all. If the Holy Ghost does it, then there's no need in our sending missionaries. Let's just send the Holy Ghost over to Africa and let him convert those people. Let's just send the Holy Ghost over to India and let him convert the sinners. Let's just send the Holy Ghost down to South America. Why, why be out all the expense of training and educating missionaries to send to the law if, if, if the Holy Ghost is going to do it? No, friends, the Holy Ghost works through us. He works through the Word in our lips. We pray many times. God convicts this person, man or woman, a loved one or a friend, God convict this person of his sins and bring real conviction on him. But you know, conviction will never come on him until someone gives him the word of God. Without hearing the word of God, he will not be convicted. Paul said in Romans the 10th chapter, the 13th and 14th verses, For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord uh, shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now the Bible said that God ordained that through the preaching of the word or the foolishness of preaching that men should be saved. We certainly believe in signs and wonders, but signs and wonders do not save anyone. They attract people's attention. When their attention is gotten, one then must tell them how to get saved. You know, friends, on the day of Pentecost, 120 people speaking in tongues did not save anybody. Not one was converted until Peter began to preach the word to them. Certainly, we want signs and wonders and miracles, but they alone are not enough. The sinner will not be saved until someone tells him how. Somebody must preach the word to him. If our thinking is right along these lines, our believing will be right. Or if our thinking is not right and is wrong, then our believing will be wrong. Then when our believing is wrong, our talking will be wrong, and we will be confused and defeated. We need to realize what the Word of God can do through our lips because the Holy Ghost is sent to help us. He is our helper. 
Too much of the time, we just get blessed in church and pray, Lord, send the people in. And Lord, you get out and save the people. The truth of the matter is, that is our responsibility. We have the Holy Spirit to help us in getting the people into church, to help us to get people saved, to help us do the work of God. Unless we're going to do it, we're wasting all of our time with long hours of praying. I remember a number of years ago, a lady in a certain church uh, in one of our large cities asked me to pray for her. She said she had fasted and prayed three days and three nights seeking God's will for her life. I asked her what she found out. She said that God wanted her to visit people, to hand out tracts, to do personal work. Well, I told her I could have saved you three days of fasting and praying if you'd asked me, because that's what God expects of all of his children. Now, if you do not see that, and have a desire to witness and work for him, then you're either not saved or else you're a backslidden one or the other. Now, I asked what she wanted me to pray about. She replied, well, I want you to pray that I'll do what he wants me to do. I said, no, I won't pray that. You, you see, she knew what God wanted to do. It was up to her to do it. If you know what God wants you to do, and you won't do it, then God have mercy on you. God will not make you do his will. I remember a number of years ago, a man down in East Texas, member of a certain church, he's quite well off financially, but he never paid tithes or supported the church financially. Then one day he saw that the Bible taught tithing, so he stood up in the church and asked that the people pray for him that he'd pay his tithes. He said, I see now that it is Bible and it's scriptural. Now he did not need for anyone to pray for him that he would pay tithes, he just needed to obey what he could see that God's word had said. Now, that goes for many things in our lives. You see, I'm talking about right and wrong thinking. If our thinking is wrong, it defeats us. We do not need to turn in prayer requests for some things. If we know what to do, then we should do it. This man didn't need to turn in a prayer request, pray for me that I will pay my tithes. He saw what the word had said. Then all he needed to do is obey it. Actually, the reason that some are asking for prayer in such matters is because that they do not want to do God's word. So they're trying to put the responsibility on God and not on themselves. It's not only what you personally know about the Lord Jesus that counts, but it's what the word of God says you are in Christ that counts. I suggested to a group of people in one church that every single believer prepare a Bible lesson of their own, and if they were ever called upon to speak to some group, they would have more material than they would ever be able to use and could actually be a help and a blessing to the group to whom they spoke. I propose that they read through the New Testament. And I'm proposing this to you, uh, especially the epistles for their full expression, such as in Christ, in him and in whom. Now, the, uh, the expression, these expressions, I should say, in Christ, in him and in whom are found in the New Testament over a hundred times. Now, there are two more that I add to this list and uh, that do not have that expression, but they infer something we have in him. And you may find some you want to add to the list. Now, in all of these hundred and some odd expressions, they're talking about the individual believer our Christian, about what he does have, not what he's going to get sometime, but what he does have or what he is now in Christ. Many Christians come to me and say, Brother Hagin, I read thus and so in the Bible. I know what the Bible says is true concerning Christians. I know I'm saved and filled with the Spirit, but the promise of the Word does not seem real to me. I then ask them, have you ever acted as if it were real? Have you ever told anyone that it's so? Have you ever confessed it to be so? They many times answered, oh no, I wanted to wait and be sure first. I replied, why? Do you think the Bible lied? The Bible says it's so. Is the Bible a lie? Oh no. 
but I want it to become a reality within me, and then I'll say it. But friends, the text said, with the mouth confession is made unto. A promise must be confessed. That is that it is so before it ever becomes so. That is a reality in your own life. It's true as far as God has said. Now, it's already so according to the Word, but the reality or the vital part of it in your life becomes real through your confession with your mouth. I remember one, one day a lady that had been to Sunday school that had been to Bible school, actually, for uh, several years and then had uh, went on to a seminary and received her degrees in education and so on. And she was an educational director in the church where I was ministering. And I taught along this line while I was there. And I made the suggestion that the believers there do as I suggest, go through the New Testament, find these expressions, write them all down in Christ, in Him and in whom, and write down both chapter and verse, and then begin to confess that that is so concerning me. Well, about a month later, I went back to the air to preach a fellowship meeting. This lady said to me, Brother Hagin, I did what you said. I've not found all the hundred and some odd scriptures, but I've found 25 of them, written them down, I've meditated upon them, thought upon them, and have begun to confess that they are so concerning me. Now, I've been saved and filled with the Holy Ghost for a good many years. I was raised up in a Christian home, graduated from Bible school, then graduated from a seminary. But you know, I feel as though I've just now been saved. These scriptures are so real that it seems I've just now been born again. Well, I told her the truth of the matter is, uh, or was, that she was born again way back there many years ago when she said she was. But she had never walked in the light of a Christian experience. She had this all along. It was hers. It belonged to her. But she had never dared to confess it and claim it. Therefore, she had never walked in the light of it. She had never enjoyed the reality of it. And so now then, she's beginning to walk in the light of what was hers all the time. When you confess what you are in Christ and walk in it, you're just appropriate the reality of what is legally yours. Now, it's sad to say, friends, that many will never realize this, and they, they, they will remain baby Christians. They will never be able to enjoy the fullness of what they are in Christ because, you see, they read it in the Word, but they don't confess it, and it's with the mouth that confession is made unto. When we confess it, then we enjoy the reality of it. It becomes ours. We've been talking about right and wrong thinking, right and wrong confession, and the value of them. Remember our expressions in Him, in whom, and in Christ. They're used, I said in the Scriptures, in the New Testament, a hundred and some odd times. And then I added two more scriptures. I want to give these to you. I added uh, these scriptures, uh, Colossians 1.13. It doesn't have the expression in him, in whom or in Christ, but it infers something that we have in him. It says, who, referring to Christ, has delivered us from the authority of darkness. That means the authority of the devil. So that we have in him, as it's implied, we have in him deliverance from the authority of the power of darkness are the authority of the devil. Then I added 1 John 4, 4 to my list. It says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And so I began to confess that the greater one lives in me. Now you may find some other scriptures that don't have the expression in him, in whom, and in Christ, but they infer something we have. You can add them to your list. You're listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. This month's special offer is the book by Kenneth E. Hagan, Right and Wrong Thinking, plus the three CD series by Ken Hagan, Victory, God's Plan for You. Both powerful resources are just $19.95. Call now, 1-888-FAITH-99. Don't delay. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagan Ministries. 
Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. You know, we got a lot of stuff coming up in June, huh? Yes, honey. This week, Amplify yeah, starts. Th- that this coming is, weekend. Yes, June 6th through the 9th. Yes. It is a great, it's a um, music, a worship, and technology conference. Right. Uh, technology on sound, on lighting. Cameras. Uh, yes. All, kind, all kinds anything of Anything that you would need. Inside of the inside of the church. Yes. Plus, and, we're having concerts at night. Right, and then you got the you got the worship where all the worship leaders come in. So what you can do, you can bring in all of your people that are involved in sound and lighting and and all of that sort of yes. stuff. And then the people that are involved with leading worship. It it is a tremendous conference. Uh, we had it last year, and I don't know how many oh, of the reports amazing. we got from pastors that said, "Man, my people came back." with some great new ideas. And uh, a lot of times when you see sets, you think it's expensive. If you come here to the tech conference, you'll find out they're not as expensive as you think they are. You'll be surprised what some of that stuff is up there with lights behind it. It's not expensive stuff. I know, I walked in, I'll just do this one illustration. I walked in our church one day and I said, man, that really looks good. How much did that cost? And they said, Hardly nothing. That's bubble wrap with lights behind it. So, you know, it's just, uh, it, 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 there's a lot of ways. So come on out. That's also, right. you can go on the web and you can sign up for that. Call today to get this month's special victory package, which includes the book by Kenneth E. Hagan, Right and Wrong Thinking, plus the three CD series by Ken Hagan, Victory, God's Plan for You. Both powerful resources are just $19.95. The number to call is 1-888-FAITH-99. That's toll-free, 1-888-FAITH-99. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we continue with the teaching by Kenneth E. Hagan, Right and Wrong Thinking. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.